All right, hello. Welcome to this session on Mutual of Omaha's implementation of Amazon Connect powered by Accenture. I am Dawn Peelstick from Mutual of Omaha. It is a privilege to be here with you today with three other presenters, all of whom you'll meet in the next hour. So some background on us. Mutual of Omaha is a 109-year-old insurance company and it's headquartered in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we have a diversified set of products that we sell in the individual and group insurance spaces that include life, health, annuity, investment, and banking. Uh, we have over 5,000 employees plus a network of sales advisors and hold right at $8 billion in revenue. Um, if you read our mission, vision, and values that are on the screen right now, you will see a common theme and that is our customers. So we exist for our customers. We want to help our customers protect what's important to them and have a solid financial future. Um, zeroing in on our values there, um, the activities we are going to talk about today focus around being innovative and accountable for results and lead us to how we can provide the best experience for our customers. So in 2015, Mutual of Omaha made a decision to commit to a customer-focused strategy. And this slide shows what our customer-focused journey has looked like for the last four years. In 2015, service standards were identified as a foundational item in our customer experience roadmap. 2016 was spent doing a lot of work to define what a customer-focused strategy looked like and what transformation needed to occur to achieve the desired outcomes. An outcome of that activity was a contact center performance assessment and the subsequent creation of a service practice. In 2017, we did a lot of work around our customer segments, ultimately realigning our organization around those segments. Uh, from a service practice perspective, a contact center, center business strategy was developed, which necessi necessitated a contact center technology assessment. And Roy's gonna talk to you about that later. Um, that is a really important takeaway from this presentation from my perspective. This was a business vision that started that was then followed by a technology assessment and technology changes. Um, in 2018, we've been working to realize the value of that strategy by delivering a new level of value for our customers in a way that's relevant to them. Our portion of that is Amazon Connect and how to integrate that solution with our on-premise and cloud applications. So to help you understand what our contact center landscape looks like, uh, we have over 20 different contact centers in our organization. They're all in Omaha, Nebraska, um, and they perform sales, service, and claims function for both our individual and our group product lines. Um, those 20 different contact centers represent about 1,200 different agents. We primarily utilize the voice channel taking nearly 5.4 million calls per year, but we also utilize email and a small amount of chat in our centers. Average daily call volume for Mutual of Omaha is 22 to 24,000 calls, and those calls average 5.91 minutes of average handle time. So to highlight what a Mutual of Omaha customer experience would look like, let's take a look at this journey map. So we have over 1,000 toll-free numbers that we own and maintain. A customer calls in, they're gonna traverse a series of menus that go something like, to change your mailing address, press one. If you're calling about a life claim, press two. If you're calling for health or med sub products, press three. Get the picture, on and on, right? Um, so if you notice, my example is my caller Karen wants to make a payment and none of those options in that first menu ask Karen about making a payment. So we hope that she goes the right path to get to the right place to someone that can help her make her payment. 
And she is going to hear at least two pre-recorded voices and possibly more. Her experience if she calls toll-free number A versus toll-free number B could be very different, different voices, different path, all of those different things. Um, so she calls in, gets to the right place, says she wants to make a payment. Once she gets to an agent that can assist her, she's asked information about her policy. She's authenticated to make sure she has the right information to be able to access the policy. Um, she reads her credit card number to the agent and then waits for confirmation of payment. So an okay experience, but not a great experience. There we go. What we want to provide is an experience where Karen calls one of multiple toll-free numbers. She hears the same voice no matter how she tra traverses that call flow. She has a consistent experience no matter what toll-free number she calls. And if she cannot self-service, she is routed to an expert based on the intent that was captured while she spoke to the system. So back to our example, Karen calls. She's asked, how can I help you today? She says she wants to pay a bit her bill. She's asked if she would like to make that payment in the automated system and interacts directly with that system to authenticate and provide her credit card information. She receives confirmation information from that automated system and she doesn't have to talk to an agent because she chose not to talk to an agent. If at any time she wants to talk to it, she just, or talk to an agent, she tells the system, I want to talk to an agent and she's routed to the appropriate SME with any data that has been collected since the moment she called in to the moment that she transfers to the agent. This journey is a lot more pleasant, much more enjoyable for Karen. So, as I mentioned earlier, Mutual of Omaha established a service practice in 2016, and with that came a list of core objectives. To achieve those objectives, we had to develop a set of transformation initiatives, two of which are focused around technology, but then one is focused around people and one is focused around process. Um, from a technology perspective, we have accelerated any efforts to enable customer self-service through whatever channel a customer wants to interact with us, so web, uh, call flows, whatever that might be. And then the second is to implement a technology solution for rounding interactions that's flexible and scalable, uh, which leads us to Amazon Connect. Today I'm a part of a team of about 100 people that are focused on delivering value to our customers as quickly as we can by deploying features incrementally when they are ready. So I'm gonna hand the presentation over now to Jim Phillips, who is going to talk about Mutual's partnership with Accenture. Thank you. Um, thank you, Don. So um, just a quick introduction. I'm Jim Phillips. I'm a cloud architect with Mutual of Omaha. In 2017, I was working in our enterprise architecture practice and um, as an architect for our chief technology officer. And we were approached by the service practice to help define the technology strategy for the contact center. Um, I've, I've worked in enterprise architecture and I've worked in information security. So um, for those of you who've worked in both of those, actually having your customer come to you for help is sort of like unusual, right? I mean, that kind of represents sort of happy path um, uh, for the happy path for how projects should kick off. And in some ways, our story is kind of uh, special in the sense that it is, as Don mentioned, starts from a business strategy that works through a technology strategy that then works through the, the execution. Um, when we were approached by them, of course, we wanted to help, but we didn't have any specific expertise in enterprise architecture in, around this particular domain. Um, but we had been working with the Accenture strategy team 
um, and we reached out to um, Mike Foley and John Pachotto, and they got us in touch with Roy from the financial services group, as well as David from the Journey to the Cloud group at Accenture. And they were able then to um, scope and help us put together a technology assessment that would help to answer our business partner's key question, can our current technology meet our business strategy? So we'd begun to partner with Accenture in 2016. Um, they started uh, helping us. We, we were launching like a reboot of our enterprise architecture practice. And we really wanted a, um, uh, to change the focus of our enterprise architecture organization from being a governance organization to being one that was really helping to facilitate uh, innovation and business outcomes across the organization. And our working relationship um, with Accenture Strategy had produced um, an updated uh, enterprise architecture operating model, uh, as well as um, we had had some experience in doing technology assessments against business strategy. So we had produced um, strategic uh, assessments of our senior health application portfolio, as well as we'd done some work around the target integration, uh, a target integration pattern strategy. And our partnership with Accenture at this point really kind of strongly influenced the way that we approached um, technology strategy development. In particular, we had transitioned from being, uh, we had transitioned from the governance type of organization, as I had mentioned, to being a business outcome focused enterprise architecture organization. And with that came a focus on business capability as the critical differentiator in strategy. When we took a look at our capability based approach, um, you know, working with Accenture on this assessment, one of the things that we understood through this was that we had significant gaps with regards to what our platform could do versus what um, the business strategy was really looking at for outcomes. Um, if you look at the slide, so all of the, um, the magenta blocks on there, right, those represent areas where we had no capability to execute on the business strategy, particularly, right, we're very weak with regards to our capability to execute on self-service outcomes. Um, we're very weak around associate desktop experience Right, and we're very weak on analytics and reporting. Also, like we had this experience with an on-premise technology solution um, and the use of a single solution for both our campus telephony as well as our contact centers that over time had kind of held us back and the architecture had sort of like calcified to the point where it was difficult to make changes. So we were kind of, um, unusual for uh, an old insurance company. We actually um, took the opportunity to take a fresh approach for this. And part of that really was built around uh, two key factors. So the things that um, we made two kind of critical decisions as part of this process. And these were strategic decisions that we worked through with our management teams uh, and got buy-in on this. The first of was that we were no longer going to tie our campus telephony strategy um, to the contact center, right? Because earlier we'd been focused around a sort of a single stack optimization um, around the hardware, and instead we really wanted to look at how do, we, um, how do we focus on the business outcomes and how do we enable the contact center to move forward. Having it progress at the speed of like our campus telephony initiatives wouldn't, wouldn't suffice for that. Additionally, our experience with an on-prem solution um, coupled with the integration work that we had done in 2017 um, helped to lead to 
this sort of target architecture pattern uh, definition within enterprise architecture. And that was the impetus for us to push our business uh, partners to commit to a cloud-based solution for the contact centers. Working with Accenture, we determined that a contact center as a service model um, would really help us best achieve these objectives. It would allow us to quickly add features and services to support the evolution and uh, delivery of our service practice uh, business strategy, but could kind of reasonably keep us out of the um, sort of like the telephony infrastructure um, business that we had been involved in. And um, I'd like to point out that Connect really represents like the first, um, the first real workload in the cloud for Mutual of Omaha. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Roy, and Roy is going to talk to us about um, the vendor selection process. Excellent, thank you, Jim. So as mentioned, my name is Roy Bachrock. I served as the Accenture delivery lead for our, our work here at Mutual of Omaha. In, uh, in our financial services practice, I focus on customer service, AI, and Amazon Connect. So with CCAS decided, we quickly moved into vendor selection. We identified the four leading cloud contact center solutions and invited them to participate in our six-week vendor selection process. We evaluated each solution across seven criteria. A functional assessment, which is an RFP focused on capabilities and features. Technical assessment, Evaluated each solution for data access, DevOps, environments, integrations, and scalability. The CCAS capability map, it's Accenture's contact center framework. I think Jim showed that just a few slides ago. The vendor presentation, we invited each vendor on site to Omaha, Nebraska to demo their solution. The security assessment, it was a deep dive on security, encryption, and logging capabilities. Strategic fit determined the alignment between Amazon, sorry, between the, uh, the different vendors and uh, Mutual of Omaha's key strategic initiatives around journey to the cloud, target architecture, and data strategy. And then lastly, we did a comparison of each solution's 10-year total cost of ownership. In addition to a uh, formal scoring methodology, we also surveyed the business and IS stakeholders on the RFP process and, and the, the broader vendor selection process. So initially, the, uh, the feedback on the RFP scoring, the stakeholders felt that vendor C was actually the top choice, with Amazon Connect further back, tied for second. In fact, at this point, the actual RFP scoring had Amazon Connect in dead last. But after the on-site vendor demo, Amazon Connect had stormed into the lead. This clearly shows you know, the power of seeing and experiencing Amazon Connect. When Jeremy from AWS took us from nothing to taking a call on Connect in two minutes and 34 seconds, it blew the audience away. As the Connect and AWS picture was further painted, the stakeholders could clearly see the powerful alignment between Amazon Connect and their broader strategies of journey to cloud, target architecture, and data strategy. The elegance of the solution and AWS pace of innovation were also key. Additionally, you know, in the interactive you know, nature of an on-site presentation, the conversation quickly shifted beyond what features Amazon Connect has or does not have and began to focus on business outcomes. 
and how using Amazon Connect, AWS, and the Connect Technology Partners, Mutual of Omaha, could achieve their service practice goals. And in the end, the overall survey results showed Amazon Connect is the clear leader. So while Vendor C won the functional assessment, Amazon Connect won the six other categories. The mutual leadership team quickly approved the decision, and we started the, the proof of concept. We began the proof of concept with three goals. Number one, prove that Amazon Connect can deliver an exceptional customer experience. Number two, understand the full capabilities and any limitations of Amazon Connect and AWS. And then three, integrate Amazon Connect to Salesforce and other internal applications. So call centers, big call volume days. How many of you have a huge call volume day on the first work day of the year? Anybody? Big day, right? So January 2nd of this year, first work day of the year, um, we all come to work, and within minutes of getting to work, we dropped all long-distance calls coming into our building. Uh, we ended up having a issue um, with our ability to deliver calls from our carrier to our PBX, and again, stopped all incoming long distance for the entire day, and outgoing long distance, and pretty much all activity. So the incident was significant enough that our executive leadership team was together multiple times throughout the day trying to address this problem. Um, knowing that our Amazon Connect proof of concept had started that day, executive leadership asked if it was possible to stand up basic contact center functionality in Amazon Connect um, in case we had not resolved the root cause of our issues and the problem reoccurred the next business day. So, Roy, no pressure. <laughs> so I, you know, I was aware of the, the outage, but uh, you know, obviously I hadn't given any, any thought whatsoever to uh, you know, whether Amazon could or, or should do something to help the centers. You know, so when uh, Dawn walks into the project room and she says, uh, hey, Roy, <laughs> the executive leadership team want to know whether we can do something with Amazon Connect, uh, you know, this moment of panic and the, uh, I remember the room, you know, went like, you know, deathly silent. And I felt like all the eyes, everyone in the room was looking <laughs> at me. Uh, and I sat there and I was thinking, and I was thinking, and this uh, little voice in my head started to whisper, don't say yes. <laughs> Don't say yes. And, uh, you know, I, I hear myself reply, well, yes, Don, we can easily have something up and running by tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> so with that, we, uh, we marched off to meet with the, uh, the CIO and the chief security officer. We walked them through our plan, answered all their questions. Uh, once they approved it, the CIO actually signed the Amazon contract. Uh, Don went back to the project room with her uh, credit card in hand, and we... Uh, <clears throat> set up Mutual View Omaha's very first AWS environment. Uh, I, I met with the, the business leaders you know, in a large, uh, large conference room, and we mapped out the desired uh, customer experience. At 8.02 p.m., I took three photos of the design, went back to the project room, and a developer and I built out the Amazon Connect solution to support Mutual Omaha's contact centers. We were completed with everything, fully tested, and ready to go by 10 p.m. I remember emailing our CIO at 10 p.m. saying, we're good, if we have to go this route in the morning, we can do it, and getting replies back from all sorts of senior leaders in IT going, what, really? 
Um, it was pretty amazing. So we didn't have to execute on that plan. Things were up the next morning and we were able to carry on. Uh, but it just really was impressive to our organization as a whole, um, how flexible, how scalable, and how quickly you can get a solution up and going if we have to. I mean, it would not have been the ideal customer experience at all. We were gonna have to publish some new numbers on social media and our websites um, to let people know how to contact us, but if they would have found the number and called us, they would have reached a person and that person would have been able to service them. And that was really the, the initiative that we were given that night. Um, and the problem we had to solve. You know, and thus concluded day one of our uh, proof of concept. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the POC ended five weeks later uh, successfully, and then we began the, uh, the broader implementation. Next up, uh, my colleague Sean will walk us through that part of the story. Thanks, Roy. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Tanu Joshi. I'm an AWS architect with the Accenture AWS Business Group. So one of the first things that we started looking at once we got to Omaha, the tail end of January, was, all right, we've done a POC, so what do we do next? And we didn't want to just rush in and build out a Connect implementation and kind of leave them high and dry. So we started talking to Jim and Dom and other key stakeholders from the infrastructure organization to determine how can we set them up for the future? Right. So we wanted to set up a landing zone to really accelerate their ability to move to the cloud after Connect and you know, move on to the next thing. So this is what we came up with. I mean, pretty standard architecture. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. A lot of you are probably familiar. Some, some kind of key pieces, right? So from the, the main data center, we dropped the direct Connect backup VPN for high availability. Within the actual um, environment, we selected US East 1. Connect is available in US East 1 and I believe US West 2. So selected US East 1. Uh, we leveraged Amazon organizations to really segment all of our lines of business and to be able to provide service control policies to lock things down as needed. And along with that also came the ability to use AWS SSO service, which actually turned into a, a huge boon for us in terms of managing the environment. Beyond that, we also segmented between production and non-production environments to be able to contain blast radius. And with the help of Yusuf, who's actually in our audience right now, we deployed a full stack security posture, including guard duty, Macy, VPC flow logs, AWS config, all being fed into a centralized security bucket so that we can maintain all audit and compliance requirements. So at this point, ready to go, right? We have all this environment set up. We have a dedicated VPC and account set up for the contact center. So we started looking at what do we, what do, we do from here? So the first thing we really wanted to do was build a repeatable process for building call flows, right? As we'll see uh, in, the, in a couple of slides, there's a huge amount of contact centers. And we want to be able to accelerate the whole process from concept to implementation. So we came up with this kind of basic flow in order to be able to gather information. We met with a bunch of key stakeholders, talked to them about what Amazon Web Services is, talked to them about what Amazon Connect is, let them kind of play with it with the POC that was available, show them demos, kind of got them excited about what we can really do. So we came up with this flow really from start to finish, right? Call comes in, at the end of the day, call gets addressed. But how do we get there? 
as Don said before, we don't want to do, you know, press one for this, press two for that. We want the caller to be able to identify what they actually mean and to be prompted with, um, you know, valuable prompts to get them to the right place. So, you know, first things we want to do is identify our callers, who they are, why they're calling, what information can we collect from them uh, before they actually talk to an agent to make their whole agent experience more seamless. And based on that information we gather, uh, you know, we drop them into the appropriate queue. And those queues are manned by several different agents that have all of the information to address the needs of the customer. So based on this, we wanted to actually build out our first contact center. And one of the goals really was to start small and pick something low risk. So we decided to pick the HR contact center because it's all internal customers and a little bit more appetite uh, for risk, right? So we don't wanna just jump right into a huge center with potential impacts down the road. We need to see how everything's gonna work before we really scale it out. So actually one of the first things we did as we were building out the HR contact center was to conduct an external interview to determine which voice we wanted to use uh, with Polly. All right, so we tested Matthew, we tested several others, uh, as well as a professional speaker. Interestingly enough, after all the survey results came back, the Matthew voice was selected over all others, including the professional voice actor, which I think we all thought was pretty impressive in terms of what Polly's really able to do. So based on that, we started building the contact center, right? So first thing we do when the call comes in is we check against the blacklist. So we put together a DynamoDB table of known bad uh, caller IDs. And we check that uh, for every call that comes in to make sure that it's not a spam call and that they are a real caller. Once they've been validated from the blacklist, next thing we look at is whether or not there's an emergency. You know, being in Omaha, I don't know if you guys have been to the you know, middle of Nebraska, we get tornadoes, we get blizzards, all kinds of weather events, right? So there's, there's always cases during the year where agents simply can't make it to the office. So we've built in an emergency system that we can put in place to let customers know, A, we're going through some emergency, call back later. Next thing we check for is working hours. Uh, we actually had to write a small customization to, to deal with this. In terms of holiday hours, there's no calendar function available in Connect, at least not yet. So we put together a, a simple, simple uh, DynamoDB table again to, to be able to do this. So a customer calls in if they're outside of working hours. We still prompt them for some intent. We record that. It goes to the voicemail. And based on what they need, it goes to the right agent. So when that agent is back in the office, they get the voicemail. They get the transcript. They can call back and address the customer's concerns. Excuse me. So presuming we're inside of working hours, we start gathering the customer intent. Right? So we're using Lex to do that, like we talked about on the previous slide. They give a little bit of information about what they want. They might want to change their address. They might want to update their last name, whatever it is. Then we capture some identifying information about them using their policy number. And based on what they want and their prompts back from the IVR, they get to one of these five cues where they speak to an agent that can help them. One of the other things that we had to do uh, once the agent actually starts speaking with a customer is record the call. So this is kind of an interesting thing too, because with call recordings in Connect, 
every call recording goes into a single S3 bucket, which isn't ideal because we have several different centers, several different agents, several different supervisors in charge of those different centers, and being an insurance company, potential to be sensitive data in the call recording. So we had to write a little customization again using DynamoDB to capture the call trace record. And we moved all of the recordings around to different S3 buckets based on which uh, queue they went to. And that way we were able to control the access of who can actually download and listen to the call recordings. And finally, the last thing here, right, uh, we're logging and reporting everything. So at every step along the way, we have CloudTrail logs, we have CloudWatch logs, everything's being logged for compliance purposes. And we also built a reporting solution using Amazon's Elasticsearch service and Kibana. So this is for the real-time dashboard. And really, we're capturing a bunch of information uh, in terms of real-time metrics, like average call volume, uh, queue length, how many people are waiting, how many calls have completed successfully, et cetera. And this is really critical information, right? So we're, we're continuously looking at this information to determine how can we improve the quality of the, the customer experience? What tweaks can we make to the prompts in Lex? You know, what other things can we do? Can we train agents in a better way? Right? So the reporting aspect, critically important to continuous improvement here. And then addi additionally, we also ship all of that uh, logging data back to an on-prem solution for historical reporting. So now that we kind of understand how the HR Contact Center has been built out. I'm going to let Jim and Don run you through a demo so you can see firsthand. Okay. Want to hear what it sounds like? All right, here we go. Mutual of Omaha. Your call may be recorded. In a few words, tell us how we can help you today. I want to change my address. Thanks. I understand you are calling about an address. Is that correct? Yes. Thanks. What type of policy are you calling about? My life policy. Okay. If you have it ready, please say your policy number. You are 111 one one two thank you we are connecting you with customer service thank you for calling customer service i understand you're calling to change your address and i'm happy to take care of that for you notes regarding that demo. First of all, we have really exciting policy numbers in CAT. Can you tell? <laughs> I mean, okay, but um, for some of our agents, we are surfacing the Connect Sawphone and Salesforce, which you saw in that demo. Uh, this really trying to start our journey to a unified agent desktop. We're really focusing on 
minimum viable product that we can roll out quickly and then incrementally add to that all the time. And so the vision for the future is that where appropriate, the agent would be able to see the caller's intent, their interactions with Alex bots, and know who they're talking to so they can focus on fulfilling the customer's needs. So some of our successes to date um, are 700 uh, agents now live in production, uh, 140 uh, plus contact flows, uh, 50 plus Lexbots, um, 180 plus Lambda functions, and 90 plus call queues. Um, tomorrow is a big day for us. We move um, our largest center. We'll get to um, 700 tomorrow. Yeah, technically tomorrow. They're, the agents are live in production. We haven't <laughs> cut the numbers over. Um, so, you know, uh, as we kind of start to wind this down, I guess, I'd like to start talking about some key takeaways. Um, and I think, um, you know, first, if I could, I'd like to point out the Connect implementation isn't the hard part. I mean, we saw during the proof of concept and we saw during the January 2nd incident that, um, that actually like standing up the call centers is pretty easy. Um, the, the difficult part is really like, how do, you, how do you address all of the other issues that, that come with it, right? Because the actual implementation of the stuff isn't as simple as proof of concept. How do you address the issues around security uh, and compliance? Uh, and that can be um, things that maybe aren't like entirely intuitive to you. So like, how do you address uh, HIPAA and PCI issues related to, uh, related to Lex, the Lex service, right? Um, how, do you, how do you manage updating the legacy components that you, you need to integrate with on the back end? So um, one of the things that going with a solution like this will do um, uh, is it will increase the delta between where you're, the new stuff that you're building and then what you have on-prem. It really points out where your weaknesses are in the stuff that you've been using. Um, but you know you have to you have to handle business requirements and timelines and managing outages for migration and and as Don pointed out like how do you migrate 1,000 toll-free numbers in a way that allows you to back out of problems if you have them how do you coordinate across you know multiple telecommunications carriers uh, in order to do this um, you know Connect is really like the first workload that that we push in the cloud I, I mentioned that earlier. Um, and as a result, it has, it has um, changed the way that we do a lot of things. So, um, you know, one of the key takeaways is that Connect is fundamentally a very different type of technology solution to the contact center problem. Um, when we began the process of looking at creating like the vendor shortlist, Connect wasn't even, wasn't even on uh, our radar. Um, when it appeared, we realized that this was going to fundamentally change how we were going to approach the problem. Um, it is a solution that favors iterative development. It's a solution that favors um, rapid delivery. It's a solution uh, that favors um, the incrementally building on functionality and customer experiences. So like the architecture, for instance, that Sean uh, showed us, um, that was something that we delivered incrementally uh, alongside the delivery, actually, of additional call centers onto the platform. So we took, uh, we took a minimum viable product approach to a lot of things that allowed us to continue to build, um, build the infrastructure necessary to support the assumption from a strategic perspective that the, the selection of this would, would pull Mutual of Omaha into the cloud. It allowed us to iteratively build that, that architecture up, but not to have to invest a tremendous amount in advance right, in order to, to be able to deliver business value. And I think that speed 
to business value delivery is one of the key differentiators of the solution, and it's something that you have to realize then is represented by it being a very different technology solution uh, in that sense. Um, it's you know it's a, so much part of a broader toolbox that that supports the the development of those differentiating customer experiences. Um, and I, I would also say that you know another key takeaway is uh, to um, validate the the architecture that you're using. So we worked with Accenture, we worked with AWS. Uh, to, um, to constantly get feedback on that what we were doing represented best practice. Um, I will also say that you need to address the need for organization and skill change. So if you were to look at Mutual of Omaha in uh, 2016 and how it was structured, it was structured very much around a series of technology silos that represented what you would think of as a traditional sort of telecommunications platform. Um, that was very sort of split between the technology stack and then the call flow development and then the contact centers and stuff like that. And now, um, instead what you have are teams that really represent more agile teams that are focused on business value delivery with a mixture now of skills um, represented across uh, each one of those uh, organizations. And the skill change also is significant because the, um, the previous you know, traditional technology solutions for this um, tend to specialize the people uh, who work on them, whereas getting into this becomes much more of a general type of development organization that's focused on uh, rapid and iterative delivery. Um, an example of some of just how to, uh, the need to like rapidly address skill change that we encountered through this is uh, our, early, our, our earlier sort of siloed approach to how we manage technology domains had led to a lot of specialization and standardization um, the example that I'd like to use is actually around uh, programming languages. So we went from an organization that was um, very uh, Java web service um, centric to now having to, the bulk of the development for this particular project is occurring in the Lambda space, right? And we had to manage, we had to quickly manage that transition in getting uh, people up to speed with JavaScript and, and functional programming and Lambda development that uh, we addressed by actually creating um, uh, people as mentors and then just doing iteratively, just doing education throughout the teams in order to quickly get them up to speed. Um, I would also say as to kind of finish up with this uh, bit on the takeaways that you do need to address the change at all levels. Um, there, I saw a, a presentation on Connect on Monday, so it was the, the Hilton and Intuit uh, presentation on the connected option. One of the things that they pointed out was um, just the transition from a desk phone to a USB headset can be a very emotional uh, transition and emotional journey for contact center agents. So you need to consider how do you address change at all levels in the organization? How do you address that from a uh, development organization perspective? How do you address that from a customer experience perspective? How do you address that from a contact center perspective? And then how do you address that with the, your individual agents? Uh, as well as then the, the other business processes that sort of interact with this. So it can't, you have to consider the entire context of your business operations uh, in order to be really successful moving forward with this. So our future plans uh, are really to take advantage of the architecture and the data flows that we've built out to um, continue to enhance those data-driven call flows and ideally moving in our roadmap towards um, artificial intelligence and automation uh, within that. The goal being to deliver kind of like the most knockout customer experience that we can using these technologies. Um, 
additionally, you know, we want to get to the omni-channel integration. Um, our next uh, sort of big uh, mountain to tackle or milestone or however you want to put it, um, our next big group of contact centers actually does, is the group that does the chat um, and the email that we need to, to look at. How do we integrate that? Um, so, you know, Connect, I guess, uh, in conclusion, right, Connect has really become, um, instead of this sort of representing done, this is really just representing what the beginning is for Mutual of Omaha's cloud journey. So by moving our contact center operation into, into Amazon, we knew that this would have much more uh, significant strategic impact, right? Our technology, the selection of our technology and our technology provider in this case, um, had a much greater strategic impact on Mutual of Omaha than the selection of the other vendors who are offering sort of a traditional contact center software. And we knew that when we did that, um, we would be changing our bias uh, for how we develop and deliver solutions that we would be betting very heavily on the cloud on all of our stuff going forward. And it really has proven uh, to be that case. So um, our CTO, Tim Darnall, has been aggressively pushing the, the entire organization to now uh, rethink how we can deliver these solutions and to uh, embrace the, the cloud for customer benefit. So that concludes our prepared material. Thank you very much. Um, we have time left over, so, and we did anticipate that, so uh, we are able to, to uh, answer questions if anyone has any questions. Uh, she's gonna bring a microphone over so I can hear above the level of my tinnitus. So you mentioned in the uh, outage on January 2nd, if you had that outage again with Connect, would you be contacting the carrier or would you be contacting AWS? So we would be contacting, if we had an outage with Connect, we would be contacting AWS. So AWS acts as the carrier uh, in addition to the technology platform provider. So there's an, uh, there's an Amazon carrier services that is part of the arrangement. So they're the ones that own uh, the numbers and then Connect is the, is the, the software service in that. So my name is Rohit. Uh, the question is more around, uh, I think you are one of the first early adopters of Connect, especially in insurance industry, right? How did you make that decision of uh, taking that first mover advantage, or in this case, it was a, could be perceived as a risky option, right? Especially within, uh, within the management itself. So how did you overcome that challenge? And did you take any references for some of the other customers who were already using the solution? What were the, what were the things that went into those decision-making process? Yeah, so Roy pointed out that we went through a pretty extensive RFP process. It was fast, but we tried to be very thorough with that. Um, and in that process, um, if you remember, I said that our business created a business vision as to where they wanted to go. Um, and then they brought technology along to say, how can you help us achieve this? So after we reviewed all the RFPs and um, the responses to that, we brought the vendors in, and that was really a huge turning point in our decision-making process because our we put 50-some people in a room, yep. primarily business people, not IT people, but a mix of both. Um, and we let them see the solutions, ask questions of the vendors, all of those different things. Um, and it really was a joint decision. It wasn't IT saying you should move to the cloud and go with AWS Connect. 
um, it was a decision that our business partners were like, that's where we want to be. Um, so I, I hope that answers your question. But oh yeah, we did reference call. We did all the normal things you would do with an RFP. Mm -hmm. Roy, do you have uh, any other thoughts there? Well, I, I would add that uh, I mean we were well aware of the work um, that Capital One had done with Amazon Connect. Uh, you know, Accenture you know, helps uh, Capital One with many things, so we had some firsthand knowledge there. Uh, we've been working with another financial services client with the Amazon Connect uh, pilot uh, in proof of concept, so we had hands-on experience. You know, so we were very comfortable with the technology. Uh, you know, feeling it would be a very, very interesting option to include in the in the overall process with uh, with the other three vendors. Um, you know, so we did that due diligence up front, and then, as Don mentioned, the, uh, the vendor selection process was very thorough. You know, six weeks, um, deep dives, a lot of areas. So by the time we got got to the decision, um, I think everyone was comfortable with it. And, and the turning point was honestly was that uh, was the on-site vendor presentation. Um, you know, it didn't compare well in the the RFP. Uh, you know, the actual RFP response and the scoring. You know, but when people saw it and experienced, uh, it really just opened up their minds. They they could see the possibility. They saw that alignment with uh, the broader strategies. How could really jumpstart Mutual of Omaha's journey to cloud. Um, and I think that really won the day for them. Yeah, if I just to add to that. The, so one of the things that, um, you know, Roy mentioned that the, the RFP responses didn't really like do it the solution justice with, with you know, compared to its competitors, but the demo and the, um, the technical discussions that we had with the Connect um, people from Amazon, uh, particularly since we'd had an opportunity to present what we thought our uh, integration vision and, this, and sort of strategically where in enterprise architecture we wanted to be in order to um, more broadly integrate with what we see as an ecosystem economy. And then having that sort of be counterbalanced during those presentations with what the more traditional software as a service vendors were offering, which is not really an integration friendly Kind of, uh, kind of an architecture. I, I think those, you know, a combination of a lot of factors that really kind of made the decision uh, pretty easy for us. There's another question there, yeah. Yeah, if you'll permit, I actually have a, a couple. Um, from the time you guys moved past your proof of concept uh, flow with the HR team to to actually, how long did it take you to actually get to your first uh, contact center? Uh, solution with with the connect IVR so we wrapped up proof of concept in I think the first or second week of February we rolled the HR contact center which did have some I wouldn't call it true IVR functionality but it was gathering intents and routing calls based on intents had Lex, um, had Lex use of Lex those sorts of things um, that went live in early April um, we have rolled out multiple, we, like if you were to look today, I think we have 69 agents live. We've taken, I'm trying to think, 40 some thousand calls yeah. um, in Connect since April uh, with those 66-ish agents. And then, like we said, tomorrow night, we're rolling our largest center, our largest customer focus center, uh, our customer facing center um, to Connect. So we've added a little bit more each time, and the ones that we're rolling out later this week, uh, we're replacing three IVRs that we use today, and then we have a fourth that's quite large for our Medicare supplement business um, that we're going to actually transfer back to Legacy for a short period of time and really start making like weekly enhancements to those call flows so that we're adding more and more functionality all the time. 
the second question is, you mentioned the Lex integration. I was wondering if you could, at a high level, kind of just talk about some of the use cases where you're bringing in Lex into the equation as well. So, um, so we do, keep me honest. Um, so primarily, there is just uh, natural language processing for intent. Right, so uh, customer comes everything. in, customer, yeah, covers like everything. So customer comes in and, you know, uh, I wanna make a payment. Okay, so that we use that then to handle call routing. Additionally, we use Lex to capture information from the customer beyond just the intent of what they're trying to accomplish, but we use it to capture uh, information by a, um, um, so that we can then use that to call out to, um, customer systems of record or policy administration systems in order to retrieve information so that we can then uh, further get them to uh, get them to the right agent or get them into the right queue. So, so Lex is, uh, uh, as well as we use Lex with a secure IVR to process payments. So if, if you were to sort of roll that up into the highest level, right, like we use Lex to shorten the customer's path to the conclusion of, of their, their call intent. Yeah, and then we've written a lot of lambdas yeah. to take that intent, go back against the backend yeah. system, bring that data back, and then make decisions based on that, confirm those things with the caller, um, and eventually we want to get to the point where we're allowing them to self-service with everything they can, and then if they don't or they fail and something's not working right, they immediately get routed to a rep and all that information comes along. So I don't have to ask you again, Oh, what's your name? Let's authenticate you to, you know, that whole, I've already told somebody this, why am I telling somebody again? We really want to get past that and present that information. Yeah, I think one other thing to keep in mind too, right, with Lex and with a bunch of the other services, especially with us being a insurance provider is HIPAA eligibility, mm -hmm. right? So if you guys have dealt with HIPAA before, you have to have a BAA with, with AWS, a business associated addendum. And they hold you to that, right? I mean. So we really need to make sure that depending on what type of data is going where, we can only use certain services in certain ways. Great point. And yeah. with Lex, there's a little check mark that basically lets you not have it track information. Yeah. Right. So it's not technically HIPAA eligible, or it wasn't at the time. Yeah. Um, but we found a way around it. But that's one, one place where Amazon's really helping us out, right? So just recently you may have seen, there wasn't an announcement, but it did make it on the HIPAA eligible services list that transcribe and comprehend are now HIPAA eligible. So that's huge, right? So mm -hmm. what Jim mentioned yep. about what we want to do for the future with really using some of those AI tools, those two services are really critical. So having that be HIPAA eligible really opens yep. the door. There's a question over there. Yeah, Ken Russo, Independent Blue Cross out of Philly. I'm interested in the cost equation. So the annual cost using you know, the cloud services with AWS and Connect, how do you contrast that, you know, you know, with the traditional legacy, you know, with your own carrier, you know, integration and contracts and stuff, you know, can you, you know, describe, you know, better, worse, you know, higher, low end, if so, the degree? That's Roy. So we, uh, it, I don't remember the exact percentage at, at Mutual Omaha, but with uh, clients that we've worked with where we've, uh, you know, priced it out, we'll see savings anywhere from 15 to 40% uh, depending on their, uh, you know, the, their operations. Uh, you know, it's probably on the lower end if you're in a steady state run rate, you know, and your uh, current on-premise uh, technology is already, uh, already paid for. Uh, you see the, the larger business case when you're at a, uh, uh, an inflection point, when the, uh, when the client needs to replace their existing on-premise, and then they price out the full on-premise uh, solution, you know, with, uh, with licensing, with hardware. 
um, then the business case becomes uh, you know much 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 larger. Is that, uh, does that help? Another piece that to be as significant is we were paying for a significant amount of telephony capacity coming into our building to serve like three or four days out of the year. Um, and so we've now, you know, we pay for what we use versus paying for X all the time and only using, you know, this much a good portion of the time. So there was a big piece of that too. Well, one other point that we, we see, the, uh, you know, with the on-premise uh, you know, solutions, I'm sure you, you know, you know, the, you know the, the top players out there, they require specialized skills to, uh, to run, you know, to build and operate, you know, whereas Amazon Connect, you obviously need uh, people strong in, uh, you know, customer experience design, but then the, you know, the build aspect, you know, general developers can, uh, can easily pick it up. So you see a savings there. And then just the, uh, I mean, just the, the simplicity of the solution. You don't need as, as large a team. Uh, one of the clients we work with, I mean, they have uh, you know, over, over a thousand uh, servers that handle call recording. So you think of the overhead to, you know, just to run that infrastructure is quite significant. Then you move to connect and all that goes away, you know, just yeah, immediately. That's a great point. Call recording, if you do call recording and trying to do 100% call recording, call recording gets so much easier um, because they're recorded in the cloud, they're put in S3, and then you get to do what you need to do with them. So. Mm -hmm. Hey there, do you find that uh, AWS Connect uh, deployment would be accelerated with the support of CloudFormation, or not at all? <laughs> so we use CloudFormation quite a bit. The, um, so uh, Connect itself, right, right now, isn't capable of being deployed by CloudFormation, but all of the other assets are. We use it to manage the deployments of uh, our lambdas, I uh, believe we're managing deployments of our electrons. Yeah, and I mean the entire like landing zone architecture, right, is deployed with CloudFormation. And really that's one of the challenges we have with Connect and something we're hoping that Amazon can really help with is some of the automation aspects. Because we have ability to like export and import call flows, but they, they come along, co along with them comes, you know, hard-coded little pieces of information from each call flow. So with our SDLC, right, we have, uh, dev, test, pre-prod, prod. So we want to be able to promote all of the code. But right now it's a manual process because you export the call flow, you move it into the next environment. You have to go and tinker with it before you can test yeah. it and then export it and move it again, tinker again. So that's one piece where I think we're really going to see some innovation uh, once that becomes available and it's really going to accelerate things in terms of being able to do that, go from a manual process to a fully automated deployment through the SDLC. That's really the next step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which CRM solution are you using, and what is the reason to use that? So uh, I believe you're asking about which CRM solution that. Uh, uh, like a Dynamics or Salesforce or and so on. So, um, so CRM is something in a uh, multi-SBU organization that is a very contentious and difficult subject. Um, the, uh, so we actually support several, from an integration perspective with this, um, we're using Salesforce. We do, however, do, um, for the centers that don't use uh, Service Cloud, uh, we do surface a lot of that customer information sort of separately within the call control panel yeah. so that the, the, call, the contact center agents have access uh, to that information. Um, our, um, yeah, this is like a, a sticky area for us because it's not like where we have it done really well. Um, the, that's a, an initiative that we do have uh, lined up as part of the agent desktop piece. It kind of 
gives us that burning platform to, to focus around the resolution to it. Um, but we do uh, access the customer information from lots of them, lots of different sources, and we aggregate that in the display. Yeah. Hi. We are from Korea, of course, South. So, uh, even though uh, Amazon Connect does not uh, went live in Korea, but we have a lot of interest in, uh, about the Amazon Connect. And as far as we are aware, Amazon Connect doesn't contains or support the voicemail system. But you mentioned that you have a voicemail function in your Amazon Connect. So how can you operate the voicemail uh, function with okay. Amazon Connect? Yeah. So the, uh, the simple way we did it was essentially just transferring it back to uh, you know, the on-premise uh, solution to uh, you know, get in the voicemail solution system there. Um, now that said, we did uh, prototype and play around with some other options, you know, where we would prompt the, uh, the, the caller for, uh, you know, essentially capture their intent, you know, why are you calling, uh, and then, uh, you know, capture that in transcript, and then uh, essentially email it to the, uh, email it to the rep. So we, we tested things like, like that out, but with the, uh, the on-premise uh, enterprise solution still available, it was just easier just to transfer it back into there. So we're doing that in our smaller centers. We're trying not to do, like an HR type center where I'm used to talking to a specific person and I want to leave a voicemail message. Uh, we've also been talking with AWS about what voicemail options might become available um, because in a few instances we find that that's helpful, but not all of them. Yeah. Did you guys experience much feature loss when you switched to Connect from your previous solution, and what did you would you do about that, with, especially with your agents? So no, we what we really have been focusing on as we go live MVP with each center is that we don't make their situation worse. Now I don't say that to say it's a bad situation, but we need to be able to provide the base functionality that they have today, um, and we've been able to do that. And then I might also add well microphones moving. From a feature loss perspective, you do have to consider that we're in the position that we were in to make these types of strategic decisions because we had kind of historically underfunded the development of our contact centers. So we weren't at like feature parity. So we had we had a we had a lot of technical debt that we yeah. that we had to address that we were then looking at a massive spend anyway. So it really made the the kind of the economics around the decision for Connect better for us. Okay, there's a question back there. We got like one and a half minutes left, so. So you mentioned um, for with your on-prem solution for the legacy, really it's how did your legacy telecom engineers handle the change? So it's been, I mean, change management, I think Jim mentioned, yeah. is a very big part of this. Um, it, it's shifting what they're doing. It's taking a number of the toll-free, I mean, we have over, I think it's 1,200 toll-free numbers, take them out of their control and moving them somewhere else. Um, they've been partnered with us. They understand what we're trying to do. Again, we have really good executive leadership support that's helping with that message, but it's definitely a change curve. Yeah, the, uh, so you know, the, on an emotional level, right, like this is the type of change that's very threatening. Um, I would say at a practical level, though, um, one of the things is, is like your campus telephony solution doesn't go away. Right, this is, for us, the decision to split out what we're doing from a contact center from campus telephony the, didn't, uh, in that sense, threaten their jobs because the, they still had the campus telephony solution uh, to maintain. Several of them did uh, transition over to uh, our delivery teams for this and support 
the uh, support a lot of the stuff like the number migration and um, what you would kind of traditionally think of as, as like telco functions, just the ones that have moved. Yeah, we've had a lot connect. of people look at gaining new skills out of this yeah. and being able to do AWS work versus the other. Yeah. So we're officially out of time. Uh, thank you very much for sticking with us for the whole hour. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.